played already. Um, the PvP in Final Fantasy XIV, and I think a lot of people are kind of like that, it's not the best um, out there, um, it, in my opinion. Um, and I think that's kind of like what a lot of people say about it as well. Um, I don't know what I would bring in to change it. And I think that's something that we kind of touched on in the last discussion about other games. Like, why would you play an MMO for PvP if you could play a specific just PvP game that's going to do it a lot better, right? It's a really hard thing to have a great PvP system in a game that does all these other systems as well, mm -hmm. uh, when they have the balance for different things. Chris can tell them, Brian, let the guests speak. Hey everybody, welcome to the Casually Hardcore Podcast, episode 42. My name is Brian, and today we have a very happy uh, guest, or very welcome to, <laughs> to welcome our guest, Tiny Blue Games, here with us on the program. Talk about Final Fantasy XIV, Arc Age Unchained, more, saw so you played some WoW Classic. Uh, you go by Seesaw, you go by Chris, you go by Tiny Blue Games, so either way, we're probably going to refer to him uh, and each of, of those names at some point on this podcast. If you guys have not heard of TBG, uh, he's a content creator who plays uh, MMORPGs, makes videos about his experiences with these games over on YouTube. Link will be in the description below, so you can go uh, check out his channel, give him a follow, uh, and see what he's got coming up. Uh, now, this is a conversational podcast, and while I suspect that we're going to spend a lot of time talking about Final Fantasy XIV and the upcoming patch 5.1, especially getting your perspective as a new player, uh, Chris, uh, I, I, want, I would be remiss if we didn't touch on what's been going on with Activision Blizzard as of late. Uh, it is a hot-button topic, and yet another hashtag movement has started with a hashtag Boycott Blizzard. I, however, do not want us to spend the whole show on this, so if you're listening or you're watching the podcast later, note that we're going to just kind of front-load that for a little bit, and then we're going to spend the rest of the time talking about ideally something fun, something you know that we all love, and, 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 and etc. So, if at all possible, I'll try to include a timestamp uh, on the video for you guys to go and jump if you have no interest in our thoughts on all the current uh, happenings that is going on this week. Uh, Chris and I are actually going to be at BlizzCon here in a couple of weeks ourselves. Assuming uh, there is one. Assuming there is one. <laughs> uh, ultimately, it's going <laughs> to... Well, we'll be in Irvine, California. <laughs> we'll be hanging that, out. That, that part's handled. Yeah. I got my Winnie the Pooh shirt ready to rock and roll. But anyway... So, uh, this is hopefully going to be a fun podcast. I do want to say, uh, Chris, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come join us. Why don't you introduce yourself for those who might not have heard you, heard of you, what, what kind of games have you played, what got you started in YouTube and all that? Uh, sure, yeah. So, thank you very much for having me on the show. It's really exciting. Um, I will state this is the first time I've ever done anything live, so kind of very conscious of that and uh, a little terrified, but well, if, you know, it'd be good. I've been assured that they can take things out after the fact, but you guys get to hear the raw, you know. <laughs> we, we haven't um, had to do too much of it. Typically, we have really awesome, like our guests. Have been oh, well, good. So, you know, there's a, there's a high bar is what you're saying. <laughs> I love skill up, but oh my God, we, I had to put a disclaimer. I was like, yeah, I tried to edit the podcast to kind of, no, it just didn't make con One of my notes said there's seven between these 30 second intervals. Like, I oh. <laughs> anyway, sorry, okay. continue. No, it's all good. Um, so I've been doing YouTube for actually a really long time with a very small channel. Um, and it's still in like relative terms, very small. Um, like you guys are what 10 times bigger. So uh, and then there's people that are bigger, 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 but it's uh, super exciting to um, we're still chasing PewDiePie. <laughs> it's like, whenever you get some sort of you know, following that attaches to, you know, a recent game that you're playing or something like that. Because I've gone through many different games. I started with Guild Wars 2 as the primary one that I did video uh, creation for. Uh, I then went through the whole life and death cycle of Wildstar. <laughs> um, and then finally, uh, I recently tried Final Fantasy XIV. Um, and I've gotten a lot of attention for that, uh, specifically with the expansion release. That's always a really good time to start a new game. Um, and it just whenever you have people that are excited to see you playing, you really get attached to that community and want to make more content for them. Uh, so that's that's really where I've focused a lot of my uh, attention recently. 
but I do play a ton of other games and I know my viewers sometimes don't love that I'm like why are you still only this level I'm like I play all these different games <laughs> how many different games like how, how many would you quantify like that you're actively trying um, to work on that I'm actively trying well specifically I guess wow Final Fantasy 14 Guild Wars 2 those probably take like the most amount of my time but I do play like non-MMOs as well um you know like Fortnite, I've played a, a fair bit with my friends, uh, League of Legends, like a bit more competitive PvP sort of side of things. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Uh, maybe that's that might be it. So maybe it's not that many games. I don't know. I just feel like I, I split my time among well, things. Well, even with like Fortnite, <laughs> even with those games, like they are games that you can just sink a whole evening into yeah. and, and not even realize it. We've been uh, we've been playing a little Destiny. And uh, I've been uh, playing that just like it's any chance I can get. And it's like, well, oh, it's it's time to go to bed. It's like, how many <laughs> how many matches can I get in before that? And it's just been incredible. Now, if you yeah. guys good. Oh, no. Yeah, I was just gonna, Yeah, you mix that with like work and like, you know, all the other stuff in life. It's just the time goes away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, so guys, uh, you can check out uh, this podcast, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. Uh, anywhere uh, podcasts are, I guess, distributed. Uh, if you do, if you do enjoy the audio uh, version of this podcast, please uh, leave us a review, leave us a like, uh, share it with your friends. It really helps us out. Uh, and we thank you guys for listening either or watching on the video form or audio. Regardless, links will all be in the description below, both for Tiny Blue, for uh, our podcast series and more. Now, if you missed our last show, we had DM21 uh, Gaming talking about Atlas, Final Fantasy XIV, Mixer versus Twitch. It was really quite a fascinating and just epic show all around. And we do want to thank our partnership with Exit Lag, who helps support the channel. We have a link in um, below if you're having any kind of lag issues, especially with Final Fantasy XIV. It works great. In fact, people who've had issues playing ninja in certain countries uh, have uh, messaged us to thank us that hey like thank you for letting me know about this but we do have a link and a code for uh 20 off uh do work if you guys want to check them out uh you get three free days 20 off and uh help support the channel and if it helps your game overall improve uh, that's a plus plus but again if it doesn't then no pressure don't worry about it so with the business concluded I'm gonna turn to this Chris. We have we've been collecting Chris's. There've been a couple of podcasts. We had some Brian's too. Yeah, exactly. It's like there's there's a theme here. Um, I'm gonna turn to this Chris because we've Chris and I've had a lot of conversations this week, and uh, I, we we all I think there's a a legal argument, a moral argument. There's definitely um, a lot of drama, and I I tweeted out because I, and I told this to Chris. I was like. You know, it's coming up on a year since everybody's been mad at Blizzard, but for all different reasons. It's like, it seems like every time it dies down, something else happens. Starting last, I mean, people have been off and on upset with Blizzard for years, but from last November to this November has just been a, just a, a constant state of like recovering or preparing for the next issue. <laughs> um, for those of you that aren't aware of, of, of Blizzard's shenanigans because you don't watch mainstream news or gaming news uh, at this point, <laughs> um, <laughs> Blizzard Blizzard took back the winnings and put a ban on the player and the casters um, around a Hearthstone tournament. Uh, the winner made a statement to support Hong Kong in their protest against mainland China. The reason the casters were banned was because the casters knew he was going to do it. And at the end of the interview, um, from what I found from translations, basically said, okay, say your piece now. And then they kind of like ducked down and <laughs> laughed like, we know this is bad. And then so like, that's why they got hit. Um, it being against the rules makes sense that a gaming company is doesn't want to be a mouthpiece for just any political issue and set that trend. But the level of the punishment does seem to be a little more severe. Um, taking away the entire amount of winnings, a whole year ban. It just, it does feel like a pretty stiff slap. Uh, so I, I would say that likely that's because they want to be in the, in the Chinese market. It's one of the, I mean, it is estimated that in the next five years, there will be more active gamers in China than the entire population of the United States. Well, it's 500 so, million already. So, like, I mean, like, it's like that's active fact. Blizzard players. Like, they, oh, actively, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Diablo Immortal. Uh, Call of Duty has a mobile game out over there right now. Yeah. And you put out a piece, and then you, you texted me as you were making yours so that I could start working on mine. Yeah. I watched Brian's. I watched a bunch of other creators. I spent all night reading about the stuff going on with the NBA because they're in hot water for basically <laughs> the same thing. And um, I 
I spent all night looking at like, well, what other gaming companies cater to it? Because most gaming companies, Final Fantasy, Guild Wars, EVE Online, they run dedicated servers in China. Special formatted with that, uh, like content removed and patch. You know. They're multiple patches behind because they have to usually go through a Chinese publisher. Um, so like that statement that was made by Blizzard that sounded like it, that, that said our country, first of all, it's in, it's a highly contextual language. So, you know, take translations with a grain of salt. Second of all, we have to learn that in the 14 community because our translations are always, uh, that's not what they meant. So, um, and in addition to that, uh, the, it was the Chinese publisher that made that statement. So usually there's a Chinese publisher they have to work through. And so I made this, I made a 45 minute video going over what could Blizzard have done, why I think what they did was within the norms of what any major corporation would have done, whether or not I agree with it morally, what I think they should have done morally, what I think that they should have done kind of just from a business standpoint, all of this. And then I told Brian I was about to hit publish. And then Caster started quitting. There was a rumor that they were stopping people from deleting their accounts. That was actually just that the account services section they had so many people quitting that that just failed mm. so it went down for an hour for some people so they weren't trying to stop you from quitting there were just too many people quitting uh and it literally crashed that and it, it just and so then i called brian i was like i have a 45 minute video that's totally wrong now like it there's even uh, more context like yeah. what a mess and this is all three weeks before blizzcon which i think their plan was let's just make a minor statement mm-hmm. keep our mouth shut and in three weeks We'll announce Diablo 4, we'll announce Overwatch 2, we'll announce 9.0 for WoW, and everybody will forget all about this. And then they didn't. So I think BlizzCon will be affected now. So that's kind of where People we're from at. who are the MCs of BlizzCon have, have resigned. There have been multiple walkouts going on at Blizzard right now. And ultimately, again, like, if this was six months, I don't think BlizzCon would be affected. But, like, people were tweeting out from their Instagrams and more, like, their Winnie the Pooh uh, cosplay, their mass cosplay. A lot of people coming out in support of this. Ultimately, Blizzard's own policy, what I was telling Chris, in my opinion, their policy in order to try to prevent this kind of thing is what sparked this kind of thing. So them trying to, like, you know, Streisand affected uh, is, is really why more people are interested and uh, aware of what's going on in Hong Kong. Like I, I, I told Chris, I said in my video, I'm like, I'm not an expert. Like I'm not going to pretend to be an expert. I don't know about the geopolitical uh, leanings one way or, or the other. I know how I feel and where I personally stand, but that's also could be easily impacted by, you know, like the information that I've, I've received. Right. So right. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and come out and be like, this is the way it is and et cetera, because I still feel like I need to absorb you know what another thousand years of history that i'm yeah. maybe not aware of <laughs> it's like just before i sit here and <laughs> at start least pretending 60 I mean, or 70 at least yeah. well, at least 70 right because they that's... just celebrated their 70th did uh, you see the john oliver thing yes yeah. <laughs> if you don't have enough pandas uh so on that note chris like as a content creator it's really easy to want to just focus on just games like as important as there are issues yeah. there are a lot of important issues like here in the u.s we have there's always stuff going on in healthcare or gun reform or uh education or taxes you know, i mean it's just, yeah everything. politics there there is always something and it does affect people's lives much less things like this where you have literally things that from some point of views looks like human rights violations and like there's there's a whole global stage but like, how does that affect you as a content creator when you just want to talk about video games? Uh, it's hard, yeah, because like um, you, like you say, could have a entire video about something, and then all of a sudden, the entire world's view of the game or something like that changes, and it's yeah. like no one's either no one's gonna care about my video now, or my video is incorrect or something like that. So it is. Well, it's really... and it could be that your video is correct, but it goes yeah. against essentially the what people are feeling because it's one of it's, the things Chris yeah. said is like people are going to hate this video because they're going to feel like mm. I am pro China and it's like I was like well you need to make sure you state that in the first ten seconds they'll still think that but you need to say like if you're just going to look at the legal argument if you're just going to look yeah. at the uh, it's not about like I have to fire somebody. It's about the fiduciary responsibility to the you know the shareholders and potentially like you know going to to jail because you're telling your shareholders, hey, we're gonna have this opportunity for like 1.5 billion dollars in revenue this year, et cetera, et cetera. And we we said and then and then for no reason you know like for you know no business reason we said nope, okay, we're gonna do this. But uh, it's, it's a very complex and hot button issue, and that's where it's at. I think. My my personal 
issue kind of with the internet in some ways is that for all the, the good that it can do is that sometimes you do have this mentality that is that bandwagon mentality and you can latch onto something unknowing of the greater context. And so that's one of the things that as a content creator, like I'll make videos that are not generally like the, the, the idea, the group thought, mm-hmm. but I, I don't try to, I think it's all about that nuance of trying not to disrespect the group thought, but at the same time say like, okay, let's look at this and then let's look both sides of this and have a conversation around it, which can be frustrating. Um, so that's why games are really easy and simple medium to some like outside when <laughs> politics comes in and, and, and comes poking their head in. So do you have any other thoughts on this? Cause like I said, at the, at the intro, I don't want to spend the entire podcast on this. I just, but I felt like it was, it was important to address. Do you have any thoughts on this subject before we talk about fun things? <laughs> for fun. Uh, well, like, I mean, it's very true what you guys said about, uh, Blizzard and wow, really for the, uh, the great thing. It's been a very up and down battle for quite a long time. And it, it's funny cause they seem to just take one step forward and then all of a sudden come tumbling back. Like wow, classic mm-hmm. quite successful for them for about a month. And then all hell goes loose. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's a really tough thing to watch for someone like for people who have, I'm sure played wow a lot a lot longer than me who've been fans of blizzard it's it's probably really hard uh seeing a company that you had a lot of you know faith in a lot of you know of your childhood memories with mm-hmm. it's just probably hard to see that right so it is i think we like to we like to put like a personhood on on a company like there are people yeah. who run the company and we want a company to we want to believe in i think essentially what this is ultimately is well it's bigger than blizzard they just kind of the one who tripped the landmine and tripped yeah. all of them but ultimately, yeah. I, I look at it, I go, it's 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 been a year of frustration, and yeah. this is just something else to be mad about. And yeah. it feels like gamers haven't had the chance to catch their wind. And every time it kind of dies down, Blizzard has put its foot in its mouth one way or another. And it's the greater it's the greater context is that is it really Blizzard anymore? Is you know because people say call it Activision Blizzard, don't mm-hmm. separate them mentally. Uh, they yeah. are one company, you know. And it's like that's a whole argument. Chris, do you have a thought on that? Because I know. Uh, you're, you've got a rooted history with, you know, with Blizzard. Activision Blizzard as a combination is a marriage. That is mm-hmm. not, they're not roommates. They're not, they're not friends. They're not, this whole idea that they're going to just pull a bungee and just be off on their own. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. not how this works. At this point, they are sharing the same dresser. They have co-mingled finances. They are eating out of the same box <laughs> of cereal. There isn't any separating it anymore. They are 100% cross. The leadership is, is cross. They are every bit as much and so there is no there is no this is activision's fault this is blizzard's fault and if there was any chance any semblance of when i hang out with brian he still you know says some things that's the brian before he met julie that went out the window when mike stepped down mike was around for 28 years and people can say mike was pushed out and maybe he was but maybe he wasn't but at the end of the day if he was pushed out he would have had to eventually retire anyway. So like, it's a bummer that it happened when it did, but we have to admit like he wasn't going to be in charge for 50 years, 60 years, a hundred years. Like it's probably want that at some point. I think he wants to focus on other things and, and move to a different chapter in his life. And unfortunately that means that we've had to see what blizzard looks like without him. And that's, that's a tough transition, Mm -hmm. Um, especially with some of the choices that have been made in his absence. So that's, I think we could put a pin in that, which would be yeah. fun. Cause let's talk about some fun games. Um, I'm going to start obviously with Final Fantasy 14 because Alex in the chat's actually saying they haven't seen any 14 videos in a while. What is everybody just waiting on an update? And uh, so we know 5.1 coming out here in a few weeks. Uh, we don't have a hard date on it, but we consider maybe the 22nd or the 29th. Uh, <laughs> actually, I've, I've had a lot of people and I kind of am like, man, the 29th would actually be pretty great because... I'm still trying to get finished with Destiny. I'm still trying to get finished with these other games. Uh, that'd be great for me, but the 22nd would be great because I want to. I can't wait to see 22nd. what's going on with the story. Um, so, like for Final Fantasy, for like this patch, like how far are you in the game currently? You're you're new. People are kind of teasing you because you haven't uh, hit level cap. Oh. Uh, what level are you? What's your progress? So that way I don't just completely ruin the story for you. By the way, it was the Moogles the whole time. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm like the slowest leveler ever um and it, it's become worse even because i for a long time was saying i'm just gonna like stick to the bard and just continue through the main scenario quest and go all the way to the end that's what we recommend uh, yeah i know i know and then i i recently tried out the uh, arcanist um 
And I've kind of been very focused on leveling the Arcanist and now I've become a summoner and people are like, oh, you're going through this again. Why don't you get to the higher level so you can get to the expansion content? Because that's where things really, you know, are quite interesting, mm -hmm. which I, I'm super excited about as well. It's just because I play the game with the mentality that you should explore every aspect of it and all the features and stuff like that. And I'm like, why am I blocking myself from trying different jobs and switching jobs on the same character? Because that's one of the most unique aspects of this MMO. I shouldn't be limiting myself from that, even, even if I want to really push for the story, for the end game and stuff like that. Uh, so I did take um, a little break and went to the Arcanist and they're, they're now, I think I've, my Arcanist or my summoner rather is level 35. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, you're, my... you're in the, 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 the Valley right now in which that the most people burn out of 14 from the 35 to 49 or the oh, patch okay. 2. <laughs> or patch 2.1 to 2.55. What's I do want to say like uh, one of the things that Chris and I am from a content perspective that I'm working on is a couple of things I'm working on. Uh, really long in-depth reviews. And I think one of the things that I would like to do, especially as it relates to 14, as someone who played from beta to 1.0 to 2.0 and beyond, like at the time, 2.0 was awesome. Like the 2.1 to 2.55 was content that was great. Oh, you mean you've given me 15 quests and uh, mm -hmm. every three months? Okay, like I'll go do that because that was exciting. We didn't know what yeah. was going to go uh, happen. But Ultimately, you know, years later, you know, who would have thought that the game could continue because we didn't like nobody knew what was the plan. And uh, yeah, now it's like, OK, it wasn't 15 quests every three months. It's like, here's 150 quests. Like now you like oh, new people are hitting this wall and they're like, wait, like I, I want to get to the you know, I want to get to the next yeah. chapter. But now I have to do a lot more work. So 5.3 is going to be addressing that. But yeah, you need to get as best as you can out of the 35 to 49 grind and get to the at least 50 um, because that will actually propel you help propel you forward. And, and, and not that you can't go and level other jobs, but ultimately, if you if you stay in that zone forever, yeah. it, 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 it I think it becomes harder and harder to escape. It's like the more jobs that you have in the 30s and nothing in the 50s, <laughs> it's like you've increased this black hole that's that is makes it harder to escape that orbit and then all of a sudden the people that that complain to us they're like this game sucks like i've gotten eight jobs to, to 45 <laughs> yeah it yeah. probably does suck like yeah like there's a lot that you're not seeing and yeah you're seeing the same stuff and you're like what is there is there anything more than this yes so yeah my, my hope is to use both the the bard then and the summoner and kind of alternate between them and do the the uh main scenario quests and kind of use the different jobs to bring some excitement and because like the story is exciting mm -hmm. but you do get to a point where you're like okay another quest another quest another quest and you're like i kind of wish i could do a duty or something like that just to break it up mm -hmm. um and i do come from a lot of other mmos where like wow you can just stay in like the dungeon fighter and like that's all you can do and you're just fine like it's a very different mentality mm -hmm. um and just you have to be in the right headspace to take your time with the story because the other issue is if you're just trying to get through the story, you then start skipping parts and dialogue, and then it becomes a whole like lot worse than it was going to be. Right. Uh, so it is better to take your time, care about the story, uh, but still focus on it. It's it's a, a juggling act, really. Um, but well, it, it's enjoyable. What level is your summoner? Uh, he just hit 35. Um, and I, I've really just been working on him for like the last week and a bit. Um, I was like, I'm going to dive into another job. And I leveled that <laughs> a lot quicker than I did the bard. So hopefully you, you will see. like it, you get the armory bonus. And so, yeah, like, yeah, I definitely highest. felt that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you get like, there's other ways that you can kind of just help. We've got we've put together guides and I'm waiting for the new game plus to see if we need to update our uh, alternate job leveling <laughs> guides because it's it's kind of great. So we know like for five one, if anybody hasn't been keeping up with it, New game plus the community, what, what like the rebuilding Vishgard, which is community crafting and gathering server wide content, you know, and we'll we'll see that here on the 18th. We know we get new dungeon. We know we get the ultimate fight. We know we get a new raid with the uh, the near uh, automata, you know, uh, raid series, and that's going to kick that off. So there's it, it feels like a meaty. Uh, it will. It is. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. Yeah. Now that being said, there are some things we're not getting. So you will not be getting New Game Plus for ARR, and that's because we're at 5.3, we're getting the ARR squish, whatever that ends up looking like. So it doesn't make sense to release mm -hmm. New Game Plus and then change it. 
So that'll, of course, wait to come sometime then or later. Uh, and yeah. then uh, with all the new housing additions, they're not adding the Ishgard housing yet. So for those of you that have been waiting for that, since they have definitely hinted that that's a thing coming, that will not be yet. Um, so definitely kind of keep in mind, this is a huge patch, um, but it, it's there's still more saved for 5.2, 5.3, and mm. so on. Yeah, so we're, the thing I'm looking for, because as, uh, as a former summer domain who is still leveling at my jobs, but uh, okay. just really blown away by Machinist and disappointed by Summoner. They're making Summoner adjustments come uh, okay. 5.1. So I'm like, I'm, I'm actively like, what is this? You know, so uh, yeah. one of the cool things, so for like you as a new player, for anybody who's watching who ha hasn't really experienced something that's about to drop, is that the ultimate fights are fights that are designed with streaming in mind. One of the things that 14 okay. continues to do, because it's so narrative and story driven, you have ebbs and flows with any kind of thing, but there becomes times of just big droughts that Yoshi P, the game's director, says, go take a break. But they have a specific mm. content that they release called Ultimate, which is just the top of the top. They never make it easier. And you're going to end up seeing Final Fantasy 14 like on the top of on Twitch when that drops, okay. because it is yeah. also the most entertaining content to watch because it's just something like people are like, you're going to do Ultimate? I go... Um, not if I keep having kids, like at some point, like if, if me and my wife stop having children, like maybe there's a future there, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. <laughs> They'll, so the, you'll watch, you'll watch somebody clear a fight and the, or yeah. you'll watch somebody try a fight and they'll be trying it for a whole day and to only to realize that they've been doing a mechanic wrong. Like, okay. <laughs> and, and then they have to like totally start back. It, it's just punishing content. Um, so it's, it's. It really gives a chance for the people who have the mechanical skill and the knowledge combined and the time to really yeah. sh stretch their legs and show how good at this game somebody can be because this yeah. game has so much single player to it. So it has so much forgiveness within the combat system. And you see that in the duty finder when you get yeah. in there and there's like just a clear skill gap between people in your party. <laughs> um, and so the ultimate fights are really a neat time to see what the top level players look like because there is no need to be that good in everyday dungeons <laughs> mm -hmm. so uh well, yeah man. if you don't know like the ultimate probably will drop one or two weeks after uh, mm -hmm. uh after the patch they'll kind of stagger that okay. uh so that should be sometime in early november so i'm excited about it so i got my, my first main question though is that what actually got you started playing final fantasy 14 you said you played other games like the mmo thing i get wow mm -hmm. Uh, you yeah. know, Guild Wars 2, which I think is a phenomenal game. And if it could run on, like, if I can natively do the control, I've done hacks on it and it just doesn't, <laughs> it's just like, it's, whew, anyway, <laughs> what, what specifically A, introduced you to the game, B, has kept you coming back? Um, so I've known about Final Fantasy 14 for a long time. It's always been that sort of like that other subscription MMO that I could play. Um, and it was the like the sub fee, like it's an investment you have to make in it. You have to be like, yeah, I want to play this and actually go hard at it for a little bit. Like the free trial, actually having done that is really, really good. Um, I was actually surprised by how good that was comparing, uh, comparing it to WoW's free trial. Um, just your ability to go through so many different jobs. Like there's a ton of content that I could almost have still been on the free trial up to the point that I've been at. Like there's, there's, there's a few things that I've done to pass it now, but like even like it's been a quite a few months now I could have still just been playing the free trial and dived into other jobs which you're saying isn't great for new players to do but it's it is cool to see the world that way uh one of the biggest reasons I didn't get into it sooner is I've never ever played Final Fantasy anything mm. um and that's a huge amount of lore it's a whole world that if you don't know anything it feels like you're not going to appreciate some aspects of the game as much maybe uh, and having gone into it now, like I, I have really enjoyed it. I do find myself sometimes reading up about other Final Fantasy like lore and stuff like that to further my enjoyment. Uh, so there is a bit that you need to like, you know, invest in terms of learning about the world and stuff like that. Uh, for instance, watching the documentaries on the original release of the game and just what the game went through. Like I had no idea. And that's made my appreciation for the developers for what the game is now so much more. Um, and just all those kind of things have really added to my enjoyment. In terms of continuing the play, I, I really enjoy all the different features I've come across. Like I try to highlight a new feature every so often. Most recently was the Palace of the Dead because 
my comment section is always like, you have to do this. You have to do this. And then I'll like go on for like a month without doing it. And they'll just call me out on it. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'll try it today. Um, and there's so many features in this game that are different that I've never seen in any other MMO. They're really trying to do different ways of leveling, different ways of exploring the game. And it's, it's really fun to see. Uh, so things like that have kept me engaged for sure. That's fantastic. So um, what you said you've actually been uh, doing the YouTube thing for a while. What actually got you started creating content? Um, that's a really good question. <laughs> what <you>. did I? <laughs> I No, that's all good. I started getting better at this YouTube, podcasting thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to say five or six years ago. Um, and I, I originally started making stop motion videos on a whiteboard and didn't have many people watching them. And I was like, I'm also just doing this just to make videos. I was like, why don't I make content of what I do as a, like in my spare time anyways, which is gaming. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was like, all right, let's put those together. Um, the game I was playing at the time was Guild Wars 2. Um, and I was kind of into making like gold in that game and stuff like that, like trying to get money to make legendaries. Like that's the big part of what you do in that game. Uh, so I made videos on uh, gold guides and that kind of thing, which is very different than what I do now exploring new games because I just don't have the knowledge to really say this is how you should make a uh, gill or whatever mm -hmm. or whatever it is in another game, right? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> go ahead. Like I always <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> all right, um, phones. But yeah, so I started getting a few viewers that way, uh, and then I continued with Guild Wars 2, and then naturally I kind of drifted to a different MMO, and I just kind of had to start making new content with kind of a different audience, but there were people that kind of followed from game to game to game. Um, the most difficult part of being a content creator, I think, is if you want to play something, but your audience expects you to play something else, is finding a way to bridge that, right? Because you don't like want to make videos about something that you're not truly invested in at the time you want to share what you are truly invested in um, and you know that some people aren't gonna love it <laughs> um, i've had that experience a few times going from game to game to game even yeah. going to final fantasy 14 there was probably some viewers that are like hey um i miss your old content or whatever and it's like i love all these games still and i still play them and try to put out a few videos once in a while uh, but I have to stay true to whatever I'm enjoying at the moment, right? Right. Um, we, I mean, I think every content creator has that that same kind of challenge. We're talking about to Larry's are about that. Um, hmm. Like last year, it's like, yeah, it's like he's like, oh, I want to do X, and it's like, I was like, I'll do it, and he's like, yeah, people aren't really gonna like it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's like that sucks, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so some people will, some people won't. We always kind of say, because like, like the complaint we'll get, it's like the same kind of thing. Like, oh, why? Like, I, don't, I don't like it when you talk about Destiny or I don't like it when you talk about WoW. Like, okay, well, don't watch, you know, don't watch those videos yeah. and YouTube's not going to recommend it to you if you don't watch those enough and they'll re recommend the videos that you, you do watch. And so engage with the content that you want to make because this is like, you know, on demand a la carte, right? You know, it's like. And if you want to watch the content, you know, all the content, that's even better. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, 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 I think it's always going to be a struggle. I think even uh, PewDiePie struggles with that. Like he's probably the, 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 the best example of somebody who's been able to sh uh, shift yeah. types of content um, the most effectively. Uh, but that also does help when you have, I think, over 100, a hundred million subscribers <laughs> now. But like, even as he was growing with that. He's never slowed down though. And that's yeah. impressive. He's yeah. never taken those break. Like he just, he just keeps, keeps going. going. Yeah. Well, that's, that's actually another huge part of this. Um, since I've started final fantasy 14, I've released at least a video a week. Um, oftentimes two videos a week. And that is tremendously more content than I've put out prior to that. Um, I think I used to hit maybe a video a month. Um, and even in that six year period of doing YouTube, uh, there's been times where I've taken multiple months off. Um, where I just didn't feel like making videos and like what I wasn't inspired to really do anything. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so the ability to continue making videos, have a, like I, I try to put a video out every Saturday morning at nine and like, I've actually used YouTube's like actual schedule feature to like release it at a specific time. Now I know my schedule. I'm like, at least my audience can count on this one video. <laughs> um, if I get more out, that's great. Um, and it's, it's really been quite helpful. It's been something to really pay attention to if I do like travel or I'm away for a bit. I'm like, I need to actually make some videos in advance, prepare for this. So 
I've been trying to take things a little bit more seriously and I think it has paid off significantly um, just with the amount of like Final Fantasy people I've had coming in but there's been a lot more people from other games as well that have come in and said hey I like your content please put this out regularly as well and it's like I I'll try <laughs> but it's it's been good it's been real fun that's um, good that the yeah. fun and is is a key driver like I really enjoy this and I think Chris and I you know we've said it multiple times like even if um, like the, the ads weren't paying and people weren't subscribing, yeah. we'd still make content. We just make significantly less of it. Uh, yeah. you know, so it's like the content, you know, that, that is made like, and, and the support that we get is the reason why we have this podcast. Like we had a, I think we're like, well, like we really want to do a podcast yeah. and, uh, how, how, how can we make that work? Because it's a lot of work and, uh, it, it was never like the most viewed thing up until like prior to, sh uh, Shadowbringers. Like that's when I was like, wow, they, I haven't seen like these kind of numbers on the podcast ever from just a views and a watch time. So, but I was like, good, you know, people are, yeah. are, are responding to the content itself. And so we're going to definitely keep doing that. So yeah, it's a, it's definitely going to be <laughs> a balance. Now <laughs> you've been playing um, the, I'm probably going to butcher it, Archage Unchained. Like that's a, a kind of a re release. Yeah. Like you actually got invited. That's always, I guess, kind of fun and flattering. And it feels like, oh man, like somebody's actually saying, come play my game. <laughs> Uh, I watched your video on it. I thought you did a really good job uh, talking about uh, about it as an MMORPG and as a avid player of that. Um, but you did say something in that uh, video that I thought was really interesting. And forgive me for hopefully not putting you on the spot. You had access to the outline. <laughs> um, why do you think MMO players are uh, cynical? Oh, um, well, we always view the MMO market as a dying market. And that that's really made us all very cynical, I think. For like, and a lot of games have proven that to be untrue as of late. Like Shadowbringers is a modern MMO release that's done extremely well. Uh, while Classic has shown that um, the old school uh, Classic servers have a place in this world, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of games actually that I'd love to see a Classic server for <laughs> that I would be playing. A I want to now ask of. you to list those games. Um, <laughs> well, the first MMO I played, and it's not absolutely at all for everyone, but was MapleStory. Um, that was a big part of my life for like four years. I played just that game. It was the first like computer game I'd ever seen. Um, and I just didn't know that there was so many other games I could be playing. And, you know, since then I've played other things, but, uh, the nostalgia factor, like the, the thing people are reliving through WoW Classic. I, I never played Vanilla. I never played Burning Crusade. I'm like, I, I get what you guys would be feeling because if I had this for my first MMO, I would be like streaming that every day, all day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that's one of the games. Obviously, I'd love to see something done with Wildstar. I think it was a great game that had a lot of issues, uh, but did a tremendous amount of things right if people were willing to, and people weren't, which is fair, give it the time to get through that kind of growing that growing stage, mm -hmm. um, but I would love to see something done with that. I know that it probably won't ever happen, and I guess you just have to be kind of excited if it does one day happen, and not just spending your days hoping. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I think the other reason, like MMO players, love MMOs on computers. They hate a lot of like like there's a lot of push towards mobile MMOs now. That even if it was a perfect mobile game i think people would just hate because it's on a phone like it's there is a lot of things that suck about current mobile mmos like autoplay like microtransactions like um i i don't even know like there's a lot of things that suck don't get me wrong a lot of the games are terrible uh the one exception to that is old school runescape seems to be doing pretty okay on the phone and i actually enjoyed it more on a phone than i ever did on a computer because I felt its graphics, its way of maneuvering around the world was actually more set up for a touchscreen device. Um, and I, I'm probably still in the mini minority for enjoying it more that way. Um, but we tend to hate hate other game genres a lot. Like if you ever mentioned Fortnite or a battle royale in a uh, in a uh, MMO. Sorry, we have to mute you now. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, exa exactly. People are going to like freak out like that's the whole ashes of creation thing that i've been so sort of following just like i'm not even that invested but people are really upset about them testing their combat in a battle royale kind of situation and they're like are you guys still making an mmo what's going on like it's it's really hard to bridge that 
um, those two different types of games and people just seem to be very one or the other, which I'm someone who loves just playing whatever mm -hmm. I love playing and not overanalyzing it or anything like that. But I, I don't know. What, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Well, Chris, I'll toss it to you for, for a quick <laughs> sec because I have, I, I think Battle Royale was solved by Guild Wars 2 with the World versus World, but we all come yep. back to that. I, I think the big problem with um, the attitudes surrounding MMOs in general is a lot of it comes down to expectation. There's a, there's a feature creep. So a shooter is a shooter is a shooter is a shooter. A racing game yep. is a racing game is a racing game. But when you have an MMO, you start to have these really broad sense. So it's like, okay, we're going to tell like the best story. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to have the best bosses. Awesome. Which means we'll have to have the best loot system. Cool. Which yep. means people are going to want to take it to PvP. Okay. Uh, and then we're going to want to have a cosmetic system. Obviously. Yeah, and then that means probably mounts and minions and a crafting system. Yeah. Okay, and like, and it just keeps. Next thing you know, mm. you've got card games in there, and you you've got little like <laughs> racing games inside yeah. these games, and you've got seasonal events, and you've you just, and then now you are having striations within it. So it's like, oh, I'm here for this and this and this, but I'm not at the same yeah. skill level as somebody else. So then you've got different raid tiers, and you and next thing you know, you have this game that has a hundred hours of content in each of a thousand buckets. Yeah. And so developing them there is really expensive and they're trying to split their resources and you're like, but I only like these three buckets. So when that yeah. patch mm -hmm. comes out and it doesn't touch my three, it's garbage. And so I think a lot of that frustration and all we hear is the people complaining because the people that aren't complaining, these games are time sinks. So the people who are happy aren't on Reddit. Right. They're playing. Yeah. Like one of the reasons that Shadowbringer streams really struggled out of the gate was the story was so good and people don't want spoilers. So ironically, the game was too good to be on the top of Twitch because nobody right. wanted spoilers. So they were all like, yeah. well, when I'm not playing, I don't want to see anybody else play because I really want to know what happens next in my own time. And so it ironically, like the, the story was so good, it, I think, damaged the launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so MMOs, I think that cynical is just something that rises to the top by the players who aren't having their specific set of needs met. Um, that, that's kind of my thought. And it's a huge, uh, it's it's a huge balancing act because it, it is a game that it essentially tries to address a wide variety of different audiences. And I think essentially for the the cynicism has grown uh, mostly due to how these games are then monetized how these games are engaged with because the MMO of today and our ability to play them today, we're not, we're now competing against a thousand other games of like really great quality back yeah. in the day. It's like, Oh, I have to wait how many years before I can play another final fantasy game. Oh, I'm living in final fantasy 11. This is great. I'm making my own adventure. Me and my friends are together and we're, we're participating in it. And there isn't like, Oh, why aren't you going and playing this like awesome other game? It's like, well, that game doesn't technically exist right now. And I'll look forward to it when it comes out and then I'll go play it. So it's like there is a, a bigger level of competition. I, I honestly believe that MMOs are about to undergo a huge revolution. And you've yeah. kind of hit, hit at it. Like mobile. Mobile has been really prevalent in China, in like India, in Japan. And essentially the phone for as powerful as it is and as many times I can make my face look different and things like that with those <laughs> apps, uh, it is also limiting. But what we are seeing, and this is kind of like one of the things that we're uh, very pro on, is is the, the cloud gaming revolution that people, like mm -hmm. in North America, everybody I talk to about it, like, I don't know. When you go hands-on with it, you're going to know. You're going to be like, seriously? Like, it's that good? And it's only going to get better? And you mean I'm going to have a high-end PC gaming experience from my phone or from like my switch or from like all the, like any of my devices and all of a sudden, uh, okay. And so, but then questions of ownership come up. So beyond like the, the issues that it is going to face MMOs have always been online, have always required that like internet connection and yeah. more. They like just take final fantasy 11 mobile. We haven't heard anything about it. Not saying that it is going to be what it is. Uh, but thinking on it like why make multiple clients anymore why have the concept with we hear it with place uh, with final fantasy ps3 limitations now we hear ps4 limitations ultimately mmos can become on console on pc on your phone and you're not going to have to sacrifice the experience for the device anymore you literally yeah. are just the device is just the window into the into the game and outside of all the issues that people rightfully have with cloud gaming mmos are poised 
to be able to take advantage of that. And developers will benefit from both the cost and a delivery mechanism because they don't have to sit here and like, okay, well, um, we can't build this feature because the PlayStation 4 won't support it. Uh, okay, well, what do we do? You know, like, how do we make that work? Well, you know yeah. what? If the system doesn't support it, you're actually in charge of that and you can upgrade that with the, with the expansion or you can do that, etc. And it makes a natural already subscription-based MMO like Final Fantasy fourteen even more natural in its state. However, again, North America, I think still 10 years, this is going to be something more revolutionary from a technological perspective in developing countries that are smaller and don't have to cover as much land masses as currently in, in, in North America. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. So with all that said, as we've started to shift from the culture of games to now talking about more of the hardware of games, let's assume for a moment with all the games you've played over the years that you have an unlimited budget so yeah. you're you're going into 14 and you're going through your leveling process what feature would you take from any other game you've ever played and drop it into 14 right now that's that's a hard question and i saw that one on the outline and i was like oh boy what am i gonna say <laughs> uh it's difficult for two reasons number one i haven't played all the features in the game like mm -hmm. i haven't gotten 10 games so i can't accurately say what exactly is in the game or not and like how good it is so there's that aspect of things. Um, the other side of it is if I want to bring something and then people don't like, but we'll, we'll see. Um, so from what <laughs> I've played already, <laughs> what I've played already, um, the PvP in Final Fantasy fourteen, and I think a lot of people are kind of like that, it's not the best um, out there, um, it, in my opinion. Um, and I think that's kind of like what a lot of people say about it as well. Um, I don't know what I would bring in to change it. And I think that's something that we kind of touched on in the last discussion about other games. Like, why would you play an MMO for PvP if you could play a specific just PvP game that's going to do it a lot better, right? It's a really hard thing to have a great PvP system in a game that does all these other systems as well. Mm -hmm. uh, when they have to balance for different things, when they have to, if and if they're not doing that, they're splitting skills, which makes so much more work that they have to analyze and kind of work on. Um, I would love... But I do, I love a game where there is a PvP scene with a bit, you know, mm -hmm. you know, something to it. And it's hard to say what I actually enjoy, what MMO was my favorite PvP, because there's issues with each of them. Um, for instance, I really enjoyed arenas in Wildstar because their combat system was true action combat that felt really, really good in PvP encounters with very few people. But when you had a battleground with that kind of action combat, you saw telegraphs everywhere and you actually had no idea what was going on. Right. So I was like, oh, maybe that doesn't work as well. And then you have games like Guild Wars 2 that have a variety of different, well, PvP-ish things. Mm -hmm. Like they have the worldly world, they have the conquest, they had their other type that they tried to release in Heart of Thorns that we won't talk about because it's kind of been discontinued. Um, but I love the combat in that. I just, I wish there was more modes for PvP. So I would love something PvP related uh, that's just, I don't know, some sort of focus on improving the PvP in Final Fantasy XIV. And I say that as someone who hasn't played even through all the different modes. Mm -hmm. So I apologize if that that's is fine. a rough comment to make. I think, um, I think you're 100% uh, PvP would be hugely beneficial to the 14 community especially in time and downtimes from pve developers can't make enough uh pve content to satisfy our appetites like we're mm -hmm. getting one dungeon in five one if they made 10 dungeons it wouldn't be enough like we would play those dungeons and eventually we're like and where's more like i'm hungry <laughs> for more pve content pvp yeah. is uh is, is is a i think a really good thing and it doesn't mean everybody has to get involved with it Mm -hmm. I think it, like on, jumping off of your idea of PVP, like I, I've really appreciated what Guild Wars like two has done, but even to the point where when I look at like Call of Duty, when I look at like even shooter games as a PVP uh, stats, like I want to know mm -hmm. stats. I want not just yes. at the end of the match, like what's my PVP career? Can I shoot for different things? Is there yeah. a weekly different kind of thing? Like there is so much that like all like just even like taking other games, like I really am a huge fan of Destiny and that is my PvP game. 
I go from match to match to match. I get my little quests, my little bounties, and I'm constantly making like all these different progress. And I've got stats, and I can go see how many total kills I've got, how many, etc. Like, and I think essentially that would be something like would be awesome to have in the game to foster a community around that. Not that it has to be for everybody, and everybody has to take part in it but to reward those who do and they've gotten the concept of seasons but it would be really cool to see more investment in that more meat to that having the seasonal concept not just be for one mode but overall like what's what did you do this season in pvp 100 percent, chris uh so to take that one step further see if i can (laughs) restrict myself keeping it in that line of thought unlimited budget though um i would take that same stats and lay it over the whole game in a complex like achievement system, stats, all of it. Okay. Because like right yeah. now at the end of a PvP match, you do get a form of stats. Yeah. Um, why do I not get that same screen at the end of a dungeon? Now, for everybody that plays PvP mm-hmm. and immediately clicks out of it, it would be the same option. You don't have to engage with it. But it'd be really great if it then took what Brian said and said, hey, here's where you performed against your previous runs as a Black Mage. Here's what the top Black Mages are doing at scaled for your eye level. Um, yeah. You know, and here's your skill breakdowns like you'll notice the top the top black mage has 7.5 percent of her damage coming from thunder you have two yeah. percent that starts to give you clues on like okay well then that's what i'm missing in my rotation is i'm letting my yeah. thunder fall off and that's what i need to be doing better at mm-hmm. um and and then taking that all the way through the achievement system because right now the achievement system in 14 compared to other mmos feels very flat it's very uh kill 10 of these things oh you killed 10 kill 100 oh you killed 100 kill a thousand and like there's there's no there's no depth there there's no complexity and we have a handful of interesting achievements go find this fate go do this thing but i want a system so large that like you don't feel like oh i'm gonna try to complete them all it's just hey I'm going to go try to just complete this and you can go lock things behind it. Um, It's something I think WoW does very well, Uh, you know, with, with all the issues that I have in BFA, one of the reasons that I was able to play, so I farmed up my gold so I could play WoW Classic on gold instead of subscription (laughs) because I told you guys, like I was frustrated with Blizzard and it's like, well, I want them to succeed. So I want them to have my subscription, but I'm frustrated with them as an individual. So I don't want them to have my money. So I kind of rationalized it to myself as, okay, if I spend gold on my subscription, then it's someone else supporting them. So they're getting the support I want them to get, but not from my wallet. And it's rationalizing a hundred percent, but either way. And so as I was farming those things up, I wasn't doing it in BFA content because BFA content doesn't engage me. It's not something I personally enjoy. I was going back and I was farming old content. And while I was at it, I was grabbing all these old achievements and stuff that I was yeah. missing from before. So I was going through and I was like, wow, back in Lich King, I had all but these two things for this meta. Let me just go knock those two out. Uh, and so that was really neat. And I would love to see kind of 14 use that because we have so much content. Um, mm-hmm. And we end up kind of spending all our time in the first right now. Uh, and the first is great. Yeah, that's where give I want to be. Give me reasons to go back. Yeah. To the source yeah I agree. that actually made me think of two so number one that you mentioned the idea of using gold to buy subscription time <laughs> i love that and wow that's one of the biggest things that they've done to improve their game and like in my eyes the last little while since i played back when i was I like a kid it. um i would like that in final fantasy 14 as well um i like that it's just an option right you can do it the normal way you're doing it right now or you can do it the other way yeah. well, and the thing it's is controversial it, well it's controversial <laughs> but the thing is it's already still like people are buying gold yeah the that's guild. the They're messy part guild. right <laughs> so people are like no that's gonna ruin the economy people are already doing it it's just taking out the botters and the, and the scammers and, right, and right. whatnot wow doesn't just sell gold from elsewhere that gold yeah. comes from players Yes. Yeah, that's usually so, where the confusion comes right. in. Right, so yeah. they think they're just printing money, so it's going to lead to this rampant inflation, but that's not, they're moving, they're just facilitating the trade between people who want subscription time and people who yeah. want gold, and then they're pocketing a little bit of money along the way, um, which yeah, the is what issue, the are doing. The issue from like that side of things is then it, it does become easier to buy power, right? Like mm-hmm. in World of Warcraft, if you spent real world money, you, you can't get the very top tier, right? but, but you, you can get pretty pretty close with some BOEs if you're willing to put down any amount of money into the game. Yeah, they're learning from it. So I know it wasn't this world first race. I think it was the one before this, maybe the one before yeah. that. Um, one of the top guilds basically borrowed money from a bunch of other guilds, like sister guilds, and yeah. they went to multiple servers and bought up 
put new characters into guilds, transferred those, paid for transfers to transfer those over because they found this crafting system that based this this kind of accidental hack within the crafting system that it was good for them. And um, basically, long story short, what they ended up doing is they needed to craft like thousands and thousands of these. And so they had to source from, mul they don't have a world visit system. So they had yeah. to source from multiple servers and they spent all kinds of money. But in general, money and wow, it doesn't buy you, like you said, it doesn't buy you that top no. tier loot. It doesn't buy you, there's enough forms of like bind on pickup and stuff in the game to yeah. stop that from happening. Um, but speaking of power, <laughs> what feature would you take from 14 from your experience so far i think i already know yours and then you would you. carry it back with you as you go either back into mmos you played before or kind of have it in your back pocket next time you try a new mmo um yeah well hopefully i'm saying the one you're thinking of then but definitely like the a ability to switch to different classes on the same character is by far the most unique aspect of playing this game. And one of the nicest things to bring, I, I think to bring back to any game, um, I really do enjoy the ability because it makes it feel like you can try different classes. Like you're not giving up as much to make that that dive into a different class or job rather, I guess. I, I still say one or the other, it You're depends, good. I guess. So okay. it's, it's, I, I was calling uh, the Destiny uh, classes jobs too. So it's like, Chris will be like, it's your class. And somebody's like, it's a call a job. It's like, it's, it's the a, root. I made a thumbnail like that the other day intentionally. Um, <laughs> but I think that would be it. such, I think it's such a good thing to have. Play in WoW? Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> what jobs you played? Wow. Um, it's it's super confusing because uh, like and then Guild Wars two. I think they're actually like originally were called professions or something like that. And then I was like, then what do we call the the trade skills in the game? Like uh, it's weird when games like there's a standard thing that people in the MMO world tend to call things, and it's just it's mm -hmm. hard when people name it something just to be different. Um, like obviously Final Fantasy fourteen has this rooted like way back in there lore of other games so mm -hmm. that's that's fair i accept that i'm coming to your guys's culture and changing the way i'm speaking or trying to i'm trying to shift it to be more final fantasy 14 yeah, but to speak essentially the common language because like ex exactly final fantasy players <laughs> right. don't call it a tune it's a character yeah uh, you know <laughs> now they're all like used to represent something very similar but it's still that you know um they and i i get it like when people say tune i'm like this isn't fun. This isn't well. Well, <laughs> there's also something to be said for, I wonder if there's a little bit of a fear of if you name everything in the common language, does yep. Blizzard or Wizard or the Coast do they own it? come back to you and say, you can't do that because those two companies both have a history of saying like, you don't get to just come in and, and rip off of my hard work. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's, it's very true. It's a, it's a complex situation, well, uh, but the moral of the story is I would bring that feature to different games. I think that's, I think it's a really fun feature. Um, the one limitation is I do like the idea of making a new character, which I still have the option to. I just don't see why I would mm -hmm. really, given the situation. Right. I also understand that you can change like the appearance of your character based on the different job. And I, I haven't gotten into that side of things. And that might make me more even excited about this feature and being able to bring it back. So, yeah. Um, but I do love it. Chris, how about you? The crafting and gathering system depth. Uh, mm -hmm. I think some games also have, um, there are other games that do a really good job of making like use of that. Like I think like ESO, for example, mm -hmm. I've always really enjoyed the Elder Scrolls like style of leveling and then the ability to kind of just go out and gather and you're like, oh, twinkling bush, twinkling bush. Like mm -hmm. your brother specifically is somebody who like will be playing for two hours on a headset in different parts of the world and we'd be playing ESO at the same time. And I'd be like, dude, I leveled, I leveled twice. And he's like, oh, I've just been gathering plants. Like he's done nothing, has not killed anything for two hours. And so when you imagine another game's ability to take advantage of the depth of like all the different crafting, the, just the thought of making them their own class that you swap onto has really opened them up to where they have their own form of mana. They have their own gear sets. They have, um, they, yeah. you know, it's just allowed them to have, much more of an identity than games where that is kind of a sub-profession underneath your battle class. Right. Right. Uh, I think anybody who's ever seen any video that I've ever made would know <laughs> controller support in mm. any and all of these other MMOs. Brian, it's less efficient. Well, is it more efficient than me not playing the game? <laughs> That's the efficiency that I'm looking at. I don't need to be the best. 
I don't need to be the best. Keyboard and mouse is so much better. Good for you. I'm happy that you have that as an option. You know what? I have it as an option. So good. I can play if I choose, but I'm going to choose this. Like I'm going to play with a controller and I'm going to enjoy it. And that's just going to be about how, how it goes. And so that would be absolutely number one for me. Now, we are coming up on our hour. We always try to keep these shows uh, in that lane, uh, in that length of time. So we'll, we have more questions and uh, and more, but we're going to have to keep up with you. We want to uh, get more information. So hopefully you're when you do get uh, through the story, I'd love to have you back on to talk more about it. But uh, uh, Tiny Blue, do you have any final thoughts, any kind of things, ideas that you want to share? Is there anything you're working on for your channel that you want people to be aware of? Um, yeah, tell people where they can find you. Uh, well, you can find me at Tiny Blue Games on YouTube. That is the most reliable way to find me. I do have a Facebook page and Instagram page. I like very rarely post to them as much as I should probably, but, and a Twitter account. So look at that. And you also I've have only a blog. Really and okay, the blog, yes. Uh, and that one does get a bit more updates depending on, like I did one for the Arcage. I did a blog post for that. So that one does happen a bit more. Uh, but YouTube, if you want to like reach out to me, comments or whatever, that's the way to do it. I do try and reply to as many comments as I can. Um, it's become hard. I used to reply to every single comment. And I did that for as long as I could. Um, and then recently just with, the influx of Final Fantasy people and the comments, and they've been so great for leaving those comments and viewing the videos. It's, it's been hard to do every single one. So I start doing kind of like the top 20 or something for a video or something like that. Um, because at least then the group of people kind of thought this was a good question to ask. <laughs> um, but that is the best way to reach out. Uh, and if you do reach out in multiple videos, I then start to see your little picture and your questions. And I'm like, oh, I should reply to you because you've made the effort. and. That's, that's the best way to reach out. Um, but I do plan to just kind of continue my way to max level. Um, I have no time estimate on what that will take, but I feel like- October 22nd, heard her here first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna like stop doing everything and just focus. <laughs> Hit this man a um, Red Bull and let's do this thing. No, I, I'm a casual player. So you'll probably still just see me do updates and complain about how slow I'm going through the game. But <laughs> so that's level okay. Cap that's... goes up every two years. Every... So, so if you there don't you get to level cap before then, it will move on you. I should be able to do that. That's a promise <laughs> I'll make here on this this podcast. I should be able to do that. <laughs> good, good. We'd love to have you back before the next expansion uh, to talk more about Final Fantasy and what else, uh, what else you're playing. Chris, uh, where can people find us? What are you working on? Uh, well, I'm, I'm just gearing up to go to BlizzCon and, uh, I've been traveling and stuff. I, I've got a warrior guide I'm working on. I, I was playing some WoW Classic. Now I have to decide like, are there, F <laughs> this is the issue I have with Destiny. Like it's such a good game. The question is what happens around it? Now I have that same issue with WoW Classic. I love WoW Classic. Now I have to question, do all the things around it change whether or not I want to put out videos on it? Um, and so I'm working on all that. I'm glad it's the 22nd. You said you wanted the 29th. I don't know if you think about the dates. Like we're, we're gone. Yeah, we're yeah, gone. Yeah. <laughs> so the 22nd at least gives me some time to like play the new stuff at least once. And then the ultimate fights will come like, basically right when we get back. Mm -hmm. So we'll yeah. be looking at ultimates like the day after we get back. That's going to be nuts. So, uh, and then for me, uh, just, I'm working on uh, Red Mage and I'm working on uh, Destiny Guides and uh, people are really responding to the Destiny uh, Guide stuff, which is really helpful because uh, New Light is bringing a lot of players uh, back to the game. And I came back this summer after they left Activision and I think there was a sigh of relief with all the Blizzard stuff that's been happening where I was like, well, thank God that Bungie's not tied up in with this, but uh, still like, I'm like, okay, we're going to see ultimately what, uh, how that yeah. plays out. So I'm enjoying that. And, uh, and I'm just happy that Dragon Quest is on Nintendo switch. And if you hahaven't uh, played a Dragon <laughs> Quest game or uh, you want to just like support me emotionally, like buy Dragon Quest. Um, anyway, so like we said, uh, all, links for uh, all this will be uh, in the description of this video uh, and also podcast links below so you can check out uh, Chris at Tiny Blue Games uh, and give him some support. Say hi from us if you go and if we're introducing you to him, uh, go tell him hello for us as well. Uh, last week, again, like we said, we had uh, DM21 Gaming on Mixer. Next week we have a uh, really, I'm really excited to welcome. My name is Bife. He's going to become another program. We're going to be talking uh, Destiny lore, lore and stories. It's going to be, I think, a really exciting time uh, for us. So we've got... It's the uh, Ethos of Destiny. The Ethos of Destiny is coming wow. on. 
Uh, he just, he put out a four hour story summary four hours. Uh, of, the, of the story of Destiny, and so somebody was uh, coming <laughs> like in the middle for food. <laughs> like it's it's two movies, and you know, and you need an intermission. So ultimately, I think we'll. Uh, somebody was like, "Can you summarize this, Brian?" And so I'm like, "Ah, uh, yeah, I've been following the story, so." Uh, I'm gonna. I'll see if I can't put like a 20 minute <laughs> story summary. Don't have four. If you got four hours, here's your popcorn. If you don't, maybe here's a. Anyway, so I'll be working on some more Destiny and more Final Fantasy guides and stuff like that. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um. Anyway, for work to game. My name's Brian. My name's Chris. I'm Chris too, but from Tiny Blue Games. <laughs> yeah, he did it. Uh, thank you so much for watching this podcast. Hope you guys all have a fantastic week. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye. Thank you.